Hey there, thank you for tuning in again to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 93, Pillars 5 and 6. In this episode, I'm going to be finishing off the series on what I believe are the six most important aspects you need in having an organized life, not just an organized home. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to the previous three episodes as I kind of walk you through what I see as the six pillars of organization. Now, I'll give you a quick recap in case it's been a minute since you've listened to them. But pillar number one is all about time management. This is the foundation. So when I'm talking about these six pillars, I'm giving you the analogy or I'm using the analogy of building a house, what you need in order to have a house run and be functional. And so you can live in it, right? Something where you can spend your life in. So pillar one, number one, time management, foundation. That is the concrete slab that is poured that everything else is going to be built off of. You can't have a house without a foundation. So time management, the most important aspect of organization. Pillar number two is the framing. This is the structure that everything else gets built off of. And again, it's just as vital, just as important as that foundation. And these are your habits. So much emphasis is put on the tool side of organization, which are the products, the tangible items. But I really don't believe enough emphasis is put on the habits. Habits keep you organized, not the pretty bins and baskets. Now, pillar number three is that roof. This is the thing that keeps us all in check, but it's also a thing that protects us, it protects us from the elements. It does provide a limitation, but again, if everything is important, then nothing is important. And those are our priorities. So we have to really determine what's important to us and what can we let go. Pillar number four is all about boundaries. Think about your doors and windows. If you kept your doors and windows open all the time, chances are some weirdo or creepy weird thing, fuzzy furry, could eventually make its way inside of your home. So we use windows and doors to keep us protected and to create a natural boundary for um, our home. Now, pillars five and six, which I'll get into today, pillar five is all about systems and pillar number six is about letting go of perfection. Cannot wait to talk about that. All right, so let's get started on pillar number five, systems. All right, a few things that I want you to think about when it comes to systems is what keeps your home running? What makes you actually able to live in it? Have you ever been to like Universal Studios or like a a movie set at some point? Sometimes you can walk in some of these places or you really, and and they're, they're the facade of a home. So they look like you can live in it, but you really can't. And why? What's the difference between what a facade is and what an actual home is? Well, those are the systems. And the systems in our homes are plumbing, electrical, HVAC. I mean, I could get really into it, but let's use plumbing and electrical, which are pretty common in most homes. Now, without electrical, you don't get your Wi-Fi. You can't turn on your computer. You can't charge your phone. So electrical is really, really important in modern 
in the modern day, right? I mean, we rely on it like for everything. Same with plumbing. I mean, we love history. We love going to like old homes and I'm always fascinated about the plumbing and like what our ancestors went through and my goodness, how they went through it to just take care of their daily needs. Really quite astonishing if you ask me. So here's the the thing with systems, right? So when you go and you flip on a light switch, you expect the light just to work. You don't want to have to think about it. You're not thinking about what it took to get that electricity to your home. You're not thinking about all the conduits and wires that, you know, make the light bulb go on, right? But what happens when a system doesn't work? So if you go into a room, flip on the light switch and the light does not come on, then it's a hassle, right? (laughs) Then we have to start to look into what the tools are, right? To check the light bulb. So we change out the light bulb and unfortunately the light still doesn't go on. So maybe we go to like a GFI on one of the outlets. We press that button, still not working. Maybe some people would go out to the box. I would just ask someone else to do it because I'm weird about electricity. So somebody would go check to see if a fuse was blown. And at that point, even if that doesn't work, then we realize, hey, this is beyond our expertise and it's time to call in the experts and figure out what the problem is. We need this electricity to operate to work in our home. Same thing with plumbing. So with plumbing, if you've ever seen a house being built, the plumbing in the house, it's like the path of least resistance, right? I mean, you if you ever notice, like if you've gone into a house, like if you're touring a home that's being built, the plumbing is like simple. I mean, they just keep it simple to keep it working. If you had a plumber that was getting super creative and had a lot of like, you know, created a maze and all that stuff, the homeowner would probably have a lot of issues with their plumbing because things are getting stuck and stuff. So again, the path to least resistance when it comes to the plumbing. Otherwise, again, you have a problem in your hand on your hands when that system starts to operate. So systems are all about tools and habits. So we can live our modern day lives with these with these tools, with these systems in our home that help us create our own systems, our own habits, um, use our own tools in our life, right? So one thing that I want you to consider when it comes to this is first and foremost, when it comes to organization, so much emphasis is only put on the tools. And that's just been something that I've been like screaming from the rooftops about for years, like pretty baskets and bins don't make you organized. Like it doesn't matter. The labels that does not make you organized. It is your habits that make you organized. Now, if you're a parent, I want you to think about this. This is something that will kind of put this into perspective for you. When we're teaching our children how to have a system, so let's take brushing their teeth. So usually parents were responsible for our children, you know, brushing their teeth when they're babies and toddlers, when they're getting their first tooth. And about toddlerhood to preschool is when we start saying, hey, this is on you, buddy. 
So what do we do? We go out and we buy all the tools that they want. You know, we make it a fun thing. Generally, we buy the really favorite character toothbrush and toothpaste. We buy the really cute step stool so they can access the sink. We maybe even get like a little timer. So we make everything accessible. We start to teach them the habit utilizing their tools to brush their teeth. Now, when little ones first start brushing their teeth, sometimes they don't understand that you can't just put toothpaste on toothbrush and, you know, just eat it, right? Swallow it, whatever. So we have to sort of teach them the process of brushing their teeth and that it has to be done for a specific length of time. And this is something that we want them to create a really good habit. This is a system. Tools plus habits equal system. So we're teaching our children how to have the system of having really good oral care, very good hygiene. Now, think about yourself for a second. You were taught this system when you were a child. Now, how many times have you had a really busy, super busy morning, rushed out the door and thought to yourself, did I brush my teeth? I mean, this is how ingrained this system is in our life. It is something that we honestly really put very little thought into that when we do it, we actually <laughs> have to sometimes stop and be like, I did brush my teeth. Sometimes we'll go like flick the toothbrush. Okay, it's what I brush my teeth. Um, and so this is something that is when it comes to systems, this is really how I want you to think about systems. There are systems that you naturally have in your life. And when it comes to organization, that's kind of how I want you to think about systems. They should just be part of your natural routine, something that you don't even have to think about. All right. So when it comes to systems, I want you to think about like the plumbing. So when that plumber is has installed the plumbing inside your home, you're hoping that they did the path to the least resistance, right? And if they didn't, then you probably know already after you move into your home because you're having issues with your plumbing system. So when it comes to systems, there's one key fact to remember. The more simple, the better. All right, so let's talk about some systems um, in your life that just help you have an organized life in general. First and foremost, decluttering. Like I've talked about in previous episodes, if everything is important, nothing is important. We have to have a system of decluttering because we're continuously bringing stuff in. Therefore, we need to have a system to let stuff leave, to let stuff go. And so it's really important to have a system to declutter your space on a regular basis. Check out my Etsy store, the One Organized Mama Etsy store, and I have some tools in there, tangible tools that you can print out, put in a conspicuous place to help you with some of these habits. So that's really what my Etsy store is all about is so that you have something that's a reminder to help you create a new habit. So decluttering is one. Paperwork management. This is actually the next thing I'm going to get up into my Etsy store, but I'm actually going to through this as my kiddo is my youngest is starting a new school. We're in middle school. Things are done a lot differently here than back in Vegas um, when it comes to the school. So I'm trying to learn 
as is he on on the new system. So I have a lot of like the paperwork still out so I don't forget stuff and, you know, trying to create a system of implementing some of this stuff into our routine and into my calendar and into our family schedule. So paperwork management is something even in this digital age, a lot of us still struggle with. Meal planning. We had family in town over the weekend. And so the day they left, we just hit a drive through And yeah, that's great and easy once in a while. But I knew the following day I needed to get back to doing some meal planning. So meal planning definitely helps save money, helps save time, um, much more healthy for us. Um, definitely as fun as it is to hit a drive through from time to time, eventually too much of it is not such a good thing, right? All right, work. I want you to think about your work system. Again, going back to getting yourself out the door in the morning, you have a natural system. You have tools and you have habits to get yourself to work in the morning. Now, what happens again, if one of those tools doesn't work or what if you forget one of those habits, then the whole system kind of goes haywire for a moment until you make some adjustments. So if you're leaving for work, grab your car keys, get in your car, your car doesn't start, then you have a problem. Then it kind of just puts like a whole, it just makes everything come to a screeching halt, right? In your system of getting yourself to work. So maintenance, maintenance is definitely an important aspect to creating a system. Family management. And depending on what season you are in your life, um, maybe you're just you're starting out your family. Maybe you have just a bunch of precious little ones running around. Maybe your kids are getting older and more independent. Maybe they're like mine and they're sort of leaving the nest. And even family extends to sometimes even our parents. A conversation I had with a friend not too long ago where I think there's a term like the sandwich season or sandwich generation or something when you're still caring for your children and then the care starts to shift towards your parents where you're starting to look at long-term care for your parents or what does it mean as your parents start to age and get older as well. But also a system that you have naturally in your life is entertainment, holidays. We have the holidays coming up at the time of this podcast recording. This is something that's actually really fun. Think of the tools. The tools are the decorations that you use to decorate your home, to celebrate. The traditions that you've adopted as a family or that are part of your culture are your habits. This is what we do every year around this time of year. And that's a great system that you have that's actually really fun. Not all systems have to be so like not fun. Um, I always talk about, (laughs) I think I talked about this last year and if I haven't. So my kids are getting older. So I'll be honest, I'm kind of like some of the holiday traditions. I mean, I feel like my kids love everything, even my adult children. And as they get older, I think, oh, I won't have to do that anymore. And so wrong. (laughs) They still expect me to still do the same traditions, even as they kind of leave the nest and start middle school and start their own families and such. And I'm like, when am I ever going to get a break on this, man? This is a lot of work. But you know what? I suck it up and I just still do it because there is that little part of me 
that loves the fact that they are so they these traditions mean everything to them absolutely everything to them and so I'll keep them going for as long as I can but when it comes to systems the last thing that I want you to think about is just to be careful on not being so systematic not being just like so regimented like things have to be done this way otherwise everything falls apart it's okay to let things it's okay to let things fall apart it's okay if there's a hiccup there's okay if you need to make an adjustment don't be one of these people that's like i've created a system and you're so black and white about it that you use it like a bulldozer and to run over everybody and everything in your life and you completely zap all the fun and the precious moments out of life from being so systematic. That is not what I want you to do. All right. So if you do that, don't blame it on me. All right. Again, last, last thing I want to say about systems that the reason I emphasize this so much in time management is because again, when it comes to organization, I feel like way too much emphasis is placed on the tools. Again, if I've said it once, I will say it again. I will say it again. And uh, for the entire time I do this podcast, tools don't make you organized. Habits do. It has to be a combination of habits and tools. You can buy your kiddos the great toothbrush. You can buy them the fanciest toothbrush possible. But if they don't get in the habit of using it in the proper way, they're still going to have cavities. They're still going to have issues. So tools don't solve our organization problems. You have to have habits. And that's why that's pillar number two. All right. Let's move on to the final pillar in the series, and that's letting go of perfection. All right, hot topic. This is always a hot topic. First and foremost, let me tell you guys something. I struggle with aspects of perfectionism, and I'll, and I'll tell you how here in just a second. But this is something <laughs> that is such a hot topic issue. And there are people, so I've kind of faced backlash. There are people on social media when I've talked about perfectionism or I've talked about in a group of friends or whatever, where there's definitely people will clap back at me. So I accept and feel that there are people that are like, no, I my life is perfect. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool. You do you. Then my message is not for you. But if you are like me and you do struggle with aspects of it, then keep listening. I'm not here to argue with someone who says, I am perfect. My life is perfect. My home is perfect. Then I am not your person. I don't listen to me anymore. That's all I have to say about that. So, all right. When it comes to the home, this is where I want you to think about your furniture and decor. Like you could just have like you know, furniture and decor that look like everyone else's. Like what if there was a furniture store and there was only one and it just sold a brown couch and a plain, you know, coffee table and just nothing exciting or fun. And that's what everyone had in their homes. I mean, how boring would that be, right? So this is the decor. This is the furniture and that you choose to have in your home to make your home your home. Now, 
my favorite homes, and I've been in a lot of homes in my two chosen career paths, I go in homes as a living. And I am, I just, my favorite homes that I go into are the ones that tell a story about the people that live there. I love the homes where you walk in and you see the the photos, you see like the piece of furniture that they repurpose themselves or maybe picked up on a travel. I just, I love those homes. I love the homes where you're just like looking around and they have, every piece has a story and it just really reflects the, the family, the people that live there. Love, love. And there are a few of those that are just like, I have a big smile on my face because I'm just thinking about them. That's always what I want people. When people walk into my home, I too want a story to be told. I want them, they're greeted with, I'll be honest, (laughs) a table and some knickknacks from Target that I bought, but also some photos, some of my favorite family photos that just like those photos on your phone that just make you smile. I just send them to Shutterfly to get prints and put them in frames just because I love these photos. And so there's a few of them. And as you walk into my home, my biggest thing with my home is I just want you to feel comfortable. There is nothing more flattering when people just, I just will have friends over or a party and people don't want to leave. They feel comfortable. They've helped themselves to something in the fridge. They've they're not asking when they need to get a drink. They're being fed. I love that. And so if you come to my home, it's okay to eat in on the couch in the living room. It's okay to put your feet up on the furniture. I'm not going to freak out if you don't use a coaster. That's really kind of what my vibe is when you come into my home. I just like to entertain. I like having people around. And because I like having people around, I can't make my home too perfect because it makes people feel uncomfortable. I have a friend and she, I mean, she's kind of one of the ones that she's like, I am, my home is perfect. But sometimes when you go to her home, she changes her decor a lot. And if you sit on, there's these chairs she has, they are so uncomfortable. And I was like, what happened to your other chairs? And she's like, I changed my decor. And I'm like, but your other chairs were comfortable to sit in. These are hard as a rock. (laughs) You can't sit in them for any length of time. But that's her vibe. That's her thing. She loves to change things up. Good on her, more power to her and stuff. But she, her vibe is not calm and relax and enjoy. Her vibe is very much you go through and you comment on the changes and how cool and creative she is. And I do that very very happily to do that. And I get a lot of inspiration from her. So are you a perfectionist or do you have some perfectionist tendencies? Now, full disclosure and disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I'm not a licensed anything to be talking about anything that has to do with diagnoses. I don't even know, is there a diagnosis of perfectionism? I don't know. But these are purely observation. So I'm not trying to diagnose anybody. I'm just speaking from my experience, from being in the industry as a professional organizer, and a lot of the tendencies that I've seen over the years, and quite honestly, some of the tendencies that I have as well. So one of the first tendencies, if you struggle with this, is do you overcomplicate things? This is something that I will be honest is a pet peeve of mine. I hate overcomplication. 
Um, I once had a job where they had like the biggest policy manual that you have ever seen. So that was like for the organization you worked for, they had this, I'm not joking, it was six inches thick. That was a policy manual for if you wanted a job here, you had to abide by that policy manual. And then each section had their own manuals that were almost as thick as that policy manual. And I just remember thinking like, like you had to know that policy manual and then the individual section manuals, like they were the Bible. And I just remember it just drove me nuts because I was like, I don't remember what two section E, whatever is. I just know like when I'm done with this task, I, what happens for this next section? Like, I don't want to have to memorize something that's way overcomplicated. So overcomplication can sometimes be a tendency. Like, I just want everything to be perfect and and to sort of eliminate mistakes is sometimes what people who tend to overcomplicate are doing. Now, this next tendency is me, stressing over details. I will stress over a detail of something. And Samantha, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm fully going to tell on myself. I'm working on a project with Samantha Brown, pro organizers coach, and I am stressing over the details and she's pulling her hair out at me. I know she is. She's so sweet. She doesn't let me know, but I know she she's just like, Janelle, it's fine. Keep going. And, and so I'm just like, but the boxes aren't lined up. You know, it's driving me crazy. It's hard for me to just execute this project because I am over stressing on the details. Now, why am I over stressing on the details? Another tendency is because I don't want her to be disappointed in me. I have this massive fear of disappointing other people. Major people pleaser. My whole life I've been a people pleaser. Something I struggle with literally on a daily basis. I don't like disappointing other people. So that's why I will overstress because I want them just to be like, that's great. That's perfect. I get scared of critique, of criticism. I really do. And so uh, and some of you might <laughs> kind of be like, really? You put yourself out there. Yeah, I do. Constantly, constantly. All right. Another tendency of perfectionism is to hyper-focus on just one or a few areas. Now, this is something, and I'm going to talk in a really general sense, I've seen with a lot of friendships, a lot of friends. So you know, like when you run in social circles and you're like, oh gosh, so-and-so is dealing with this really major thing in their life. But when you're around them, you try to talk and they're like, everything's fine. They're, it's just fine. Oh, I'm sorry. This is fear vulnerability. I have this together. So I'm going to loop this together. So lack of or fear of vulnerability where they don't really want to let somebody in per se. And me as a person who has to verbalize everything and I have to talk everything out, even with like the stranger standing next to me pumping gas, like that's how I deal with stuff. I have to constantly learn. Not everybody likes to be vulnerable like you, Janelle. So I have to realize, give them their space. But the other tendency that I've seen with some people too is, again, the hyper-focus of being just so focused on one area, especially if there's another area in their life that's really kind of falling apart. And so sometimes, like, for instance, 
you know, maybe it's that person that's like, you know, the marriage is falling apart and they're like, they're in the best shape of their life. They're, they're like physical health bucket is like, just like they're going to the gym. They've lost a lot of weight. They're looking fantastic. And it's because there is sort of the struggle with this fam, their family bucket where they're, it, and it's natural. It's human nature to sort of say, I don't want to have to deal with that. This is being forced on me. I don't like it. It's hard. It's difficult. We don't, as human beings, like to deal with the the difficult stuff. So we tend to, again, go for the the stuff that feels easier, that makes us feel good. Hopefully that's a, a good habit, but too much hyper-focus in one or a few areas will kind of put everything else out of whack. And if we are focusing only in one or a few areas, those areas will get completely out of whack. And you've seen this probably with people, you know, who are workaholics, where they're not focusing on friendships or family or maybe even finances. Like they're working, but they're not managing their money well or their relationships well. Those areas, if they don't get some attention, are going to make themselves a priority in your life if if you're out of whack and have some focus. But again, sometimes these the lack of vulnerability or hyper focus sometimes are just a symptom of having to deal with something that's really, really tough in another area of their life. All right. Um, Yeah, struggle with close relationships. That was part of the vulnerability part. Sorry, I skipped around there for just a second. So yeah, sometimes not allowing people to kind of come in a little too much. I think um, when it comes to the home, sometimes this is something that I've seen where you know, when you allow someone in the door and you're like, oh, let me let me apologize for the state of my house. I do this and my house is pretty neat for the most part, just because I'm so habitual about it. Not saying you don't sometimes come in and see a sink of dirty dishes in the middle of the day. I'm not saying things are always perfect, but for the most part, my home is pretty neat. I keep on it. We're in we have pretty good habits around here to keep things tidy and running. But I still get in this weird habit of apologizing. And what if we just all agreed to stop apologizing and just letting people in our space without having to feel like it needs to be perfect. And this is definitely something that I feel like is emphasized in the social media world. We've all heard it a million times. We are comparing our lives to to another person's like they're the perfect aspect of their life. If you're putting a, a, a photo on social media, you're probably cropping out the pile of paper sitting on the counter next to it. Like you're just focusing on that thing that you want to share people and and we're judging our own experiences by the cropped photos that other people are choosing to put on social media. But also, and this is the controversial part, I think so much of perfectionism is in the world of home organization. I wish um, there was a little bit more emphasis on, yeah, we'll put these beautiful bins and systems in your, or excuse me, tools in your home, but there's not enough emphasis on teaching how to use these systems. Again, not enough emphasis on the habits. And a lot of times what I see what happens and a lot of professional organizers out there can relate to this, is that this does our industry a disservice because 
people will watch a program or follow something on social media and be like, this is what I, how I want my home to look. And you're like, great, I'm going to teach you. That's what my thing was always. Let me teach you. And not every client wanted to be taught. They just wanted it to be installed, these tools to be installed and it for it to stay like that. And that just kind of set people up for disappointment. And I will say that was one of my biggest frustrations. And when I follow some of the um, big players in the industry, and I notice a lot of them have the celebrity clients, and that was definitely something um, that we had too when we had we're in Las Vegas. Some of our really high, um, very affluent clients had a team of people in their homes. I have... I had a few clients that had not just one housekeeper, but two housekeepers. I was in homes where they had three different laundry rooms. Like they had a guest laundry room, uh, one that was in the master bedroom closet. Like they had different laundry rooms um, in their home. So those, a lot of those behind the scenes things are not quite shared. And I just think it does such a disservice again, because people don't realize that a lot of these um, individuals with these homes have so they have like a team almost around the clock. I've been part of those teams where we worked around the clock um, with the with the family to keep the home in this pristine condition, and um, not enough of that is showed. And then you take that and you're comparing it to to us, those of us who don't live like that and stuff, and like that's the standard where it's you're comparing apples and oranges. And that's something that actually really just kind of irks me about this industry is that I wish a more emphasis was placed on teaching. And I know it's not so fun. I know it's not so fun. Um, But it's an, an important aspect. And to go into more of the perfection thing, I think it would just kind of really help people realize that it's okay to be uniquely you. And what I would like to kind of wrap this section up with is talking about being uniquely you and letting go of the aspects of perfectionism and comparing yourself to others. Because sometimes they'll say, like, don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, easier said than done, right? So let's talk about some remedies of this. Um, The first and foremost is done equals good enough. If the kitchen is clean, it's good enough. Is it sparkling clean? Is it Pinterest perfect worthy clean? It doesn't matter. The dishes are in the dishwasher. You have wiped down the counters. You're out the door. I mean, you know, the best, it, that's fine. You know, did did everything get straightened and put away exactly perfectly? It doesn't matter. You, I don't want you focusing that much of your very, very, very precious time on details that just don't matter. But the other thing I want you to think about is mistakes build character. Like who, like think about, like I think about this. I I have someone in my life who really, really focuses like perfectionism and giving a very, like perfect marriage, perfect home, perfect life is very, very important to this person. And this is something that like has, really kind of come in between um, our relationship in a lot of ways. And this is someone that's like been in my life for a, very, a lot of many years. And sometimes with this person, I'm like, 
just let's just laugh. Let's just have fun and let go. And it, it it's so hard. It's so hard. And and I've just kind of come to accept over the years that that's just what this relationship is all about. Like that person is in that place for whatever reason, and it, that's okay. Just kind of letting sometimes some people just go out of your life. But what I feel like is lacking in that relationship, what I've realized as I've kind of like, oh, it's not the same anymore. And and it's from the lack of laughter. I think this was a person that at one point in our lives was my favorite human being to laugh with. Um, I could just say something to them and literally they would pick up the phone. I would say X, Y, Z and inside joke and we would laugh for 15 minutes. And so sometimes I think that that is something that can just help with a lot of this stuff. Um, life is so stressful and to be able to find the humor and to have the inside jokes is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So sometimes being able to just laugh and if there is no one to laugh at, laugh at yourself. Uh, I have a four-year-old niece and so as I was doing my notes for this, I was thinking of my little pagey butt and um, she's four years old and I was thinking, you know, what a wonderful message to share with people to channel your inner four-year-old. I mean, think about your four-year-old if if you have a four-year-old in your life. Um, How freaking amazing these little creatures are. This is like the height of self-confidence. Like they can do everything by themselves. They don't need help. If they have drawn a picture, it is the most beautiful picture that has ever been drawn before. Um, they go from being a princess to being a total, you know, whatever superhero character. Um, their imagination is, is just heightened. They, they can see things that we can't see. They can just absolutely have this magical world that they can play out through their imagination. And I think ultimately that is the remedy and something that we could all learn from and connect to a little bit. They, if they tell a joke, a silly joke, it is the funniest joke they've ever, ever, ever heard in their entire life. So they have the ability to laugh at themselves. So definitely, if this is something, an area of your life that you do find that you struggle with, and to be quite honest, I think a lot of us struggle with some of these tendencies, try channeling your inner four-year-old. And some of the ways that I've done this is getting very vulnerable. Vulnerability is definitely not something that I struggle with. Um, And just wanting to share this with you guys as I leave. But imagine putting yourself out there on a podcast where you're talking to like thousands of strangers about your beliefs, your thoughts, you know, soapbox items, my pet peeves, personal experiences, personal stories. Because anytime you put yourself out there, you risk the judgment from others. So I am here to tell you that every single time I publish a podcast episode, especially because I don't get mine heavily produced, they're not produced at all, shocking, I know. But I kind of like that. And so that is something that I really want to share with you, that whatever it is in your life, take a page out of my book. Just sometimes it's okay to put yourself out there. 
Yes, the critics are going to come. The trolls will come. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to look at them. You don't even have to pretend that they exist. Just put yourself out there in the most beautiful way, channeling your inner four-year-old. Build your life in the manner that you want it built. Decorate your home. Decorate your life so that it tells your story. Don't worry about getting so much of the validation from other people. Live your story. Travel your own journey. Not every path is this straight and narrow. I think some of the most beautiful paths are the really windy, crazy, craziest roads that are out there. So be uniquely you is essentially what I'm trying to say. And I hope that you've taken some nuggets of from this series and that you can sort of implement them in your own life. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to sort of live my inner four-year-old and again, put myself out there in this platform as tough as it may be. So if you can do one thing for me, it would be so appreciated. And the thing that helps podcast grow are reviews. And yeah, it's super scary to get reviews. So I'm so incredibly thankful for each of you who take the time to write something that you've learned. So if you've learned just a little nugget, if you will share in a review on whatever platform that you're listening on, it helps me grow the podcast um, more and more. And instead of flooding you with a ton of commercials or products from people, what I've decided to do to monetize my podcast is actually connect it to an Etsy store. So I want you to actually have something tangible that you walk away. And in exchange, I charge very little for these items. So they're just printables to help you implement really good systems in your life. So it's a tool that gives you a reminder on how to create a good habit, some tips. So if you haven't already, go to the Etsy store. It's E-T-S-Y because I have a lot of um, client or excuse me, clients, listeners that are in other countries. So Etsy Um, and just do a search for one organized mama and favorite the shop. If there's an area like decluttering that you need a little help with, Um, there's an opportunity for you to buy just a 12-month declare guide, which is actually just a one-page thing. Post it somewhere, and it'll help you create this new habit, and you help me also keep this podcast going, and it helps me sort of monetize it. And I try to keep it as affordable as possible, and like I said, just something that you can actually walk away with instead of, again, listening to a bunch of commercials. So thank you so much again for giving me the opportunity to share everything that's in my head, all my little soapbox items, and stay tuned. I have a lot more stuff coming, and thank you for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.